This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix. Your stuff for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Frank Reddy. Hey, how's it going? Doing all right, Frank. How are you? Have you uh, captured any souls for the devil lately? No, I, I haven't. I've been kind of busy. Midterms are coming up, so. <laughs> you haven't had time for your, <laughs> time. For your side job as Ghost Rider. <laughs> you know. All right, well, this is episode number 15 of Cinema Fix. Uh, for those of you listening for the first time, this is the show on Film Geek Radio, focusing on discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. And each episode is divided into two parts. The first part, which you're listening to right now, is just where we give our general thoughts on whatever this week's major releases. And then in part two, we really dive into spoilers and really analyze what did and didn't work about the film. So if you've seen the movie and you would appreciate a much more in-depth conversation, you should probably listen to part two. If you just want to know what we thought of it, whether or not you should pay your hard-earned money to go see it, keep listening to part one. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> the answer is no. Well, they, they don't even know what movie we're talking about yet, Frank. Sorry. Well, they probably figured it out, but <laughs> in case you didn't figure it out, this week we are talking about Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. This is the sequel to the 2007 film Ghost Rider starring Nicolas Cage. This sequel is directed by crank filmmakers Mark Neveldine and Brian Taylor. Frank, why don't you tell our listeners what this movie's about? I'd love to. I'm still trying to sort through it myself. It picks up with Nicolas Cage's character, Johnny Blaze, a.k.a. Ghost Rider, hiding out in Europe. He's trying to get rid of the, th- the thing inside of him. Meanwhile, there's a young boy being chased by the devil, he and his mother being chased by Satan. And so Johnny Blaze is brought in by a drunk French priest to try and protect them from the devil. Because even though he's the devil's bounty hunter, he no longer works for the devil. <laughs> Uh, he's like a he's like a superhero, but he's like an antihero. He's a rogue villain. Yeah, he's an anti-villain. He's a good man saddled with an evil demon. Who we find out is not actually a demon. And, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. But if any of this sounds appealing, <laughs> and I'd be shocked if it does. By all means, keep listening. <laughs> okay, here's a clip. There's good and bad in all of us. It doesn't matter how far you run. There are some demons you just can't escape. I need your help. This child is in danger. Daddy! I don't save people. If we don't help, the devil can have a new form, one more powerful than he's ever known. And a shadow will fall upon the earth. Save the boy and lift your curse. I made a lot of mistakes. And Danny's the one good thing I ever did. That being the case, we better make sure he doesn't turn out to be the Antichrist. All right, Frank, let's just take ten minutes to give our general thoughts on Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Have you seen the first Ghost Rider film? I haven't, no. I, I've, I read the summary of it, like the full summary of it, before going in to see this movie, just so I could come and prepare it. Thanks, Wikipedia. Thank you, yes, thank you, Wikipedia. And um, I, I have no desire to go out and see the first one now. Not not even a little bit. 
You're saying you're not a fan of Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. I'm saying I am not a fan of Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Why, why is that, Frank? I thought that it was poorly done. I thought that the story wasn't engaging. It was barely there. Um, it just, it was boring. It was really, really boring. And just, it was just bad. Like, from the acting, through, from the writing, to even most, some of the, some of the direction. It was just thoroughly bad. Not even like, it wasn't even like mediocre. Like, in a way where, okay, this is not a great movie, but if I don't give it too much thought, I can enjoy this. It was, this is like slapping me in the face with how bad this is. What did you think? So, on a scale of like 1 to 10, in terms of rate, rating its badness, let's say 10 is mediocre, and 1 is, oh my god, I watched this movie and my eyeballs were melting out of my face, and it was just, it's an abomination. Again, it's a 2. 2. It's very close <laughs> to a cinematic abomination. Okay. I am not going to go that far. I'm going to say that it is a it is a mediocre film. Now, this what was your number? I would give it. I would, I'd give it a ten on a badness scale. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's mediocre. See what you've done. You've taken a bad movie and figured out a way to spin it so it sounds good. Oh, it's a ten. That, that's going to be the pull quote. Yeah, <laughs> this movie is a ten. Film Geek Radio. <laughs> All right. Well, well, here's the thing, Frank. I'm not going to try, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that this is a good movie, because it's not. But this movie is getting so much hate thrown at it by critics. Deserves it. So much hate. And I don't think it necessarily deserves all that. I think it does. I think it lacks intelligence. I think it lacks even the barest attempt to tell a coherent narrative to make you care about the characters whatsoever. I think the performances were... Just terrible, terrible. I think you're confusing terrible with brilliant, but we'll get we'll get onto that. Here's the thing: this film was directed by uh, Mark Neville and Brian Taylor, whom I like. Why? They've direct they directed the Crank films, and the Crank films are two movies that I think are actually pretty brilliant in Why? terms of how they're structured, in terms of how they are filmed. I think there's a lot of very interesting avant garde pop cinema qualities that Neville and Taylor threw into those films. Um, they, they have some very creative and interesting ideas. Even a movie like Gamer, which isn't a great film, you can still see them really trying to be creative and just add this really weird, twisted sense of humor to it. I mean, Gamer has a scene in which Michael C. Hall does a dance number before killing some people with, like, background dancers and everything. I mean, they, they're... they're they're kind of interesting in that they always want to experiment and see how far they can push things. And I was looking forward to seeing their take on Ghost Rider because I hated the first film. Absolutely hated it. The first, one, the first movie is mediocre in a bad way. Like how we, we talked about last week how there's different levels of mediocre. Yeah. The first film's mediocre boring. This film I thought was mediocre interesting. Boring. Like it's, it's bad but I could, I could sort of see Neville Dean and Taylor trying to do something interesting with a really horrible script. Yeah, I don't think they're blameless, though, in terms of the movie being poor. They're not. 
They're not. In terms of like the cinematography, it's much more standard, much more boring compared to that of their other films. Even just narratively though and performance wise, it just it it feels like they weren't trying that hard. Well, in terms of the camera work, it didn't feel like a Neville Dean Taylor film to me because they're kind of known for these sort of guerrilla filmmaking antics where they will actually take the camera themselves and they'll like hop on rollerblades and like be trying to get up close and get all cool angles and be fast moving with the camera. And this movie, I don't know if it's because they were filming in 3D, but for whatever reason, they've they've kind of stuck to much more standard um, you know, just smooth camera movements, lots of dollies and it felt very standard. And I kind of wish that they had had some of that crank-style camera work and editing to really liven things up a bit. So I'm, I, I will agree with you. They're not entirely blameless here. The film was not as well-constructed and as well-put-together as some of their previous movies. Okay, that's fair. But there are hints of their style, I think, trying, they're trying to push through. And we'll talk about that more in part two. But there, there are moments in the movie where I was just sitting there and I was thinking, okay, this is totally a Neville Dean Taylor moment. Like, this, in the hands of another director, this would not be in here. And I kind of got the feeling at times that they had a, they, they had a terrible script that they were dealing with. It's PG-13. They've never done a PG-13 film before. And I honestly don't think they're the types of filmmakers that should be making PG-13 films because they have such a crazy, often perverse sense of humor. Mm -hmm. I came away from the movie feeling like, you know what, this is a bad movie, but I could see signs of creativity that weren't there in the first film, and I feel like maybe if this had been a hard R film in which the studios had let Neville Dean Taylor do whatever they wanted, I think this could have been a good movie. But it's not, as it stands. Yeah, I I just don't know. I mean, I kind of think that the problems maybe go deeper than not being able to, like, go hard R and show as much violence or do as much, like, maybe body humor. Well, well the, script's, the script's awful. Yeah, it just on every level, it yeah. sucks. Um, and there are, there are times when I feel like they know that, and there, there are scenes in which Nicolas Cage is kind of embracing this Nicolas Cage identity he's forged for himself over the past few years as kind of this wild and crazy performer. There are scenes in which he, you can see him just channeling that and going all out in terms of the exaggerated, over-the-top acting. Which is technically not acting if that's just his shtick. It's just him being <laughs> well, Nicolas Cage. Well, and it hasn't always been his shtick, yeah. though. And I feel like he's very self-aware as a performer, and I feel like he's, he's trying to have fun with the material and, and try to, to kind of go a little crazy. And there are scenes with him that are fun because he's just kind of going so over-the-top. And then there are other scenes when it's just kind of like, oh, get on to it. Yeah. Kind of you know, I mean, this is a guy that in the first Ghost Rider film thought, you know what would be cool? If Johnny Blaze had this thing for jelly beans. Yeah. So I'm just going to eat jelly beans every now and then. Little random character detail that's kind of funny and odd and unique that was the one memorable thing about the first film. This movie, he doesn't have anything like that. No. It's basically kind of like, uh, I'm just going to be Nicolas Cage, and then I'm going to turn into a guy whose head is on fire. In fairness, he really doesn't have much of a character to work with. Right. Right. At all. 
And I will say, I thought there was at least one good performance in the film. Idris Elba. I love Idris Elba. I like him too, and I, I didn't mind him as much as I minded some of the other stuff. I actually thought he was the only one that I really thought... Um, he, he found yeah. the right tone. Balance, yeah. Yeah, between keeping it somewhat realistic and being kind of over the top. Well, yeah, I think in some cases it wasn't even just people being over the top. It was just, I don't believe you are a human being. It's like, I don't right. believe... Like, the guy who played um, the villain, the, the guy who turns into Decay, or I guess... Blackout, I think is his... Blackout, is yeah, his that's villain right. name. It's like Johnny... Johnny Whitworth. Yeah, Johnny Whitworth. He was terrible. So, you thought he was terrible? I thought he sucked. I didn't mind him. I, I actually... Okay, I didn't like him before he turned into Blackout. And then once he was Blackout with, like, the crazy costume and the really... He looks like a terribly drugged-out member of an 80s hair metal band. Yeah. You know... That I thought he was fine in, because he wasn't. He didn't really have to do much acting. He just had to go around and touch people. Yeah, but he was he was pretty bad <laughs> up until that point, and yeah. th- that doesn't happen until like more than halfway through the movie. Well, well, the problem is none of the villains really they don't feel menacing. Yeah, most of the time. Well, we can talk about. I have some other issues with the villains that we'll have to wait till the spoiler section to talk about. But they don't. You're right. They don't feel menacing. They feel like cartoon characters. They feel like idiotic cartoon characters. You're like, really? They, they, to some extent, I, th- I think they feel like comic book characters. They feel like kind of over-the-top, one-dimensional comic book characters. And I think that's what Neville, Dean, and Taylor were going for, was kind of let's go for the old, campy comic book style where not everything is believable, not everything makes sense. You just go, you have fun, the hero wins. And Yeah, but there are some good, over-the-top, campy comic book characters. Like, you, you could watch, like, the really old Adam West Batman series, and I those are great villains sure. over the top Batman characters, sure, because they have personality. This these guys right. were like cardboard. I agree, I agree. It stunk. So I think we we both agree that it's a bad film. I think where we disagree is that I kind of feel like there were some interesting things in there. I think that there were some of the little. Um, Almost like breaking the fourth wall a little bit, the the little asides like halfway through where he addresses the audience. I thought those were, were interesting. But other than that, I, I just don't think that there's really much there. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll have to really get into it in part two because I definitely have some things that I want to defend about this movie. And I know that puts me in the minority. And I know I might be giving up my credit card. You are. After this review. You are. But uh, I, I, I do want to say a few things that I liked about the film. Okay. Okay, so I guess that'll wrap it up for our for part one of our discussion on Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Be sure to tune in next week when we will be discussing Wanderlust, directed by David Wayne, starring Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston. Frank, what can you tell what can you tell our listeners about Wanderlust? One sentence. One sentence description of Wanderlust. Uh Rattled by sudden unemployment, a Manhattan couple that surveys alterna- alternative living options ultimately deciding to experiment with living on a rural commune where free love rules. Wow, that was a really great sentence. I, I almost feel like you read that, but I but you didn't. That Thanks, was straight Wink. that was straight from your head. That was amazing. You guys can't see it right now, but I'm winking at Andrew, as if to say. <laughs> well played. <laughs> but it also has uh Malin Ackerman. Alan Alda, Ken Marino from Party Down, uh, Catherine Hahn. I'm actually kind of excited for this. Well, that's what we'll be talking about 
next week. That's going to be the quote in the poster. Frank Reddy. I'm actually kind of excited about this. (laughs) (laughs) I would put that on a poster. (laughs) Like a teaser poster. (laughs) I'm actually kind of excited about this. This is Frank Reddy, Film Geek Radio. All right, well, we'd love to give your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at www.filmgeekradio.com. Uh, we also have a listener feedback survey on the website. Uh, we, would, we would really appreciate if you take 15 minutes to fill that out. Um, we're trying to get a good idea of who's listening, what you want to hear, what you don't like, what you do like, so we can work on improving the network and improving uh, the, the, the shows that, that, that we put out. Uh, you can also subscribe to Cinema Fix through iTunes. So if you like this episode, please write us a review on iTunes. That would really help us out a lot. In fact, if you had to choose between filling out the survey and writing us a review on iTunes, I would say do both, honestly. But either one would help. Um, You can also donate to us through the website. Uh, That really helps us out, helps keep the network running. And also don't forget to check out Film Geeking, the new blog extension to the website where we have additional reviews and features that we don't always cover on the show. Nope. Frank, where can people find you online? I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at FJReady. And I have a blog at quitefranklytelevision.wordpress.com. All right. I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find some of my writing at www.thecoolestjobeffect.com and also at filmgeekradio.com on the blog. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener so I can follow you back and we can keep talking about movies. Uh, Also, don't forget to like the Film Geek Radio Facebook page. We're trying to do a lot more cool things with Facebook and really connect with our listeners. So if you comment on our Facebook page, we'll comment back. We'll we'll talk with you. We won't be one of these hoity-toity celebrity podcasts where you don't hear back from us at all. We want to engage. Uh, another word for that is desperation. Des- <laughs> <laughs> desperation. Look, I'm, I've been really lonely, and I'm just looking for a, for a listener out there I can really connect with on an intimate level. Save it for your girlfriend, Andrew. <laughs> Save it for your girlfriend. Look, she can't fill up my whole heart. There's a certain part of my heart that only the listeners can fill. Neediness is not an attractive quality to critic. <laughs> All right, I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Frank Reddy. Have fun this week getting high on cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio. Yeah.